What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down 125.3. And we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of Pillars of Eternity. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, I didn't realize we were close to the end of this game. Yeah, very close. I didn't realize how short Act 3 was going to be, but I'm like, oh, it looks like there's only a few, you know, a few quests left. They must be beefy ones. Not particularly. Yeah, not really. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, last we left off, uh, there was pandemonium going on in the city. The The Duke had been killed, and we needed to get the hell out of Dodge. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, we got our we got our final little message from Lady Webb, telling us that our our big bad was on his way to Twin Elm, and so asked where we go. Um, I didn't spend much time in the areas leading up to Twin Elm. Yeah, didn't uh, either. So the, the the city, the whole city is called what Elm's Reach. I think so. And you know, when you get there, they say don't go anywhere else. So you, you really can't go anywhere else to start with. Um, but then yeah. this entire first quest is just getting to Twin Elm, and that's it. Just basically walk to Twin Elm, and you've done the quest. Yeah. Um, Assuming these were going to be a very long quest, this first one does not set you up that way because there's almost literally nothing you need to do. No, not really. Just talk to this person, and it it, it feels like it gives you the illusion of you got to convince this person, but I don't really have to. All I have to do is like show her my watcher powers, and she's like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys should be good. Come on in." One of the more interesting areas, once you get to, like, Twin Elm, I, that that last area, like, I I appreciate the maps, which, to, to your point, I, I do like to try and scrub all the black off of the maps so sure. I can actually see them all. But some of them, especially these ones in Elm's Reach, are, are kind of cool. Where you've got, like, the, you, you've got the giant Twin Elms with the Guardians, you've got this this giant cave system that you can get to the entrance of. Um, you know, you've got this like kind of tree villages and you've got this giant crucible thing. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I guess it's not that much different, but a lot of the other villages are more or less kind of standard fare for that time, right? There's taverns, there's houses, there's windmills, there's trees. This is the one that's got a little bit more of a fantastical vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Almost reminds me of like the the elves area, like in Lord of the Rings, the Rivendell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, um, the 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 I guess the the leader of this area, she doesn't want to let us in because she says though we let some some other human people in. Uh, if, it starts with an E. 
Theos? The, the rice. If, oh. Is that what it is? Well, Theos is, is who we're chasing, right? That's who, yeah. who we let in. If um, Whalians yeah. or something like that? Yeah, something like that. And we uh, we, do, we don't trust you guys, so we're not going to let you in. But then, of course, we use our Watcher powers, and we can find some of her ancient ancestors. And um, we can convince her by using those powers to say, oh, we, we know all about this place, and okay, come on in. It wasn't much of a quest, if we're being honest. Honestly, I was thinking they were going to make us go on like some kind of a side quest. We're like, oh, well, prove yourself to us. Go do this. Exactly. But no, it didn't happen. So we go deeper into this area to uh, the Twin Elm itself. Um, and we reach these two woodland guardians who seem to be very ancient. Uh, like sisters, they're two sisters. Uh, one of them is very skeptical of us. They're both skeptical of us, but one is very skeptical of us, and the other one's like, would you shut up? We kind of uh, bicker with each other a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're like, well, look, we need to get through here. Um, we need to find Theos. And they're like, well, he went through here, but he closed the, the entrance behind him. So you can't go in that way. All right, so how do you get in? Well, there is one way to get in, but it's, um, you have to jump through a giant hole to get underground. Uh, and, uh, if you do that, you die. Okay, so how do we, how do we get there? It's like, well, there is a way to survive the fall if you have the blessing of the gods. So what do we need to do? Well, you need to go talk to the gods and gain their favor and they will possibly help you. So we go in to the, uh, I guess, the sanctuary. I don't know what would you call this place. Yeah, I guess so. Have... I mean, it looks like the prayer vault for where they pray to all the different gods. Right. So it it, it seems... And one of the things I don't really understand, right, is there's these multiple gods that we talked about on the on the last recording a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, like how they all sit relative to each other, even just within this Twin Elms area, you've got different factions that pray to different gods that believe different things. So does the whole world have this as like the central kind of mecca place where they commune with the gods or is this just the the elms reach shrine if you will and there, there could oh, be other good... ones like this elsewhere good question and I don't have the answer to that the fact that this was the destination the fact that this is where Theos went makes me think it's the only one yeah that's what I'm thinking too and the, and the fact that all the gods are represented here, but makes not me all feel like it's a little bit of like a Switzerland, right? You know, we stay neutral; anyone can come, but they don't let anyone in. So, who who's coming here to pray to these gods? Or maybe that's what used to happen, and then they shut down access 
So I, I didn't really understand how this area fit into the the lore of of whatever how everyone worships these gods. Right. And so that's the thing is like they're not all the gods are represented here. There's four gods represented here, but I looked at I'm a priest. I'm a man of the cloth. I looked up who my god was. Guess what? My god's not on that list. Mm. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to show him, hey, I'm a devoted follower follower of you. I need your blessing. And he'd be like, no problem. Come on in. But he wasn't there. Another thing, Edder, Edder, however you pronounce his name. Edder, yeah. His god's not there either. Maybe this makes more sense then. Maybe this is just where these gods are prayed to and then elsewhere in the world where other gods are more popular then they've got their own way of doing it. Potentially. That's what I'm assuming is is what's going on here. So There's only the four that you can pray to here, but in that central room, aren't there like constellations that represent like a dozen different gods or so? Possibly. Yeah. There's a lot more than just four, I'll say that. So we have to choose a god to pray to to possibly get the blessing from. Is there any rhyme and reason? Uh, who gets picked here? They request different things from you, apparently. Which is where I thought they were going to... I'm like, oh, this is where it gets long. They're going to make us do all four god quests until we have a combined power to get us into the underground. Right. But they don't. You only have to do one. You only have to do one. Um, who did you choose? So, obviously, you have. I, I assume you have to listen to all of the, the stories. Maybe not. I went through and I listened to all four of the, you know, had all four sets of visions where you get a little bit of a story. Uh-huh. Uh, I ended up picking Barath. Barath. Okay. What what was he wanting you to do with the souls? No, he basically shows a vision of of a path, and he basically highlights two people that have evaded death. And basically, he says the natural cycle is that people have to die, but people in the world keep trying to find ways to circumvent that and live forever. And so you get this one vision of a dwarf who's, you know, so old and the skin is sagging off his face. So he he basically dips his hand into some blood, smears it all over his face, and he, you know, everything tightens up and he gets young again. Okay. And then you talk to somebody who, or you get shown a vision of the other person on the road who is like part three and has been using like the the devotion of the followers as like basically mining energy from all the followers such that she can stay young and so the Barith basically says you know there's Barith and then there's this like pallid knight and basically they're saying we want you to end these you know basically these atrocities of people 
extending their life too long. We we want you to take these two people that are living essentially forever and kill them and then come back to us. Okay. So your quest is basically to, to, to kill those two, the leaders. A dwarf and a half-tree person. Okay. So and did I, you do that? Yeah, I picked this one of the four because it felt very tied into the theme of the rest of the game of, you know, the cycles and people's souls living forever anyway, even if they don't normally, even if individual bodies don't live forever, which is what Barith doesn't like, the souls themselves do because of this kind of reincarnation that keeps happening. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I, I kind of thought that was an interesting part of that story. You know, an interesting analog to the the reincarnation. So, I basically went to kill this druid because it was in this temple. So it was in the, the Blood Sands, which is that cave system that you can see in Twin Elms up in the upper left. Uh-huh. Um, so I went down into those caves and they were doing these rituals and, you know, you get a little bit of a uncertainty as to whether this was at all kind of accepted by the sacrifices, right? So there's a guy laying on a table who says, yes, I do this of my own free will. But then as soon as the, as soon as this arch druid like stabs him with a knife, he starts to try and get away and he writhes and, you know, it seems like maybe he didn't really want to be there, but the end result is that he's sacrificed and his blood is used for rejuvenating the arch druid. Gotcha. So it's weird that they just let you walk all the way in. You walk right up onto the platform, and then you basically just talk to the guy and says, "Yeah, Barith doesn't like what you're doing, so I'm here to kill you." And it took me about six or seven tries to kill this guy because as soon as you do, you get all kinds of elementals and and uh, cultists and other people like from within this from within this group, they call them the Ethic Knoll. Um, everyone within that group, as soon as you attack, the Archdruid is out to get you. So it took me a bunch of tries to get... to kill the Archdruid, and then I was stuck, because while I was able to kill him, I could not escape that area. There were too many other people, and I just had... There's no way I could do it. I couldn't get out of there. I tried to use scouting to see if I could sneak past people. That didn't work. Um, and basically, you know, from that area where I killed the Archdruid, you have like two options to get back. Both of them are loaded with probably a dozen or more enemies. And then you have to fight another like six right at the front door before you can get out. So no matter which way you go, you know, you end up basically the giant fight with the Archdruid, then another dozen, and then the final six to get out. And I'm like, look, I just can't do this. I, I just don't have enough firepower. I don't have enough life. I don't have any way to refill my life, right? There's so many ways, as we said, to refill kind of your stamina. But my life was low on two of my characters, and I just said, you know what? I can't do this. I need to go down to easy or story mode. Mm-hmm. 
which I actually didn't need for the other one. So once I did that, I was able, you know, story mode is a lot easier. And I did yes, not, I did not have any trouble getting out of that cave system. And then I went to kill the other one, which is basically a, a priest in the Golden Grove area, which is where they had that giant, um, like stone looks like a sundial or something within Elm's Reach. And basically, I just told her, I basically scolded her and said, "What you're doing is wrong." And she said. Oh, I think you're right. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to just end my life now. So I had to pass a resolve check to do that, but I had a high enough resolve and I just told her that she was bad and she killed herself. So that that one was much much easier. I didn't have to fight anybody. All the people around her that I would have had to fight just walked away once she killed herself. Okay. Um so then I I just, you know, I killed both people they told me to. I went back to that cave and and Bareth gave me his blessing. So I was ready to move on. Well, there you go. So I chose a different god. I chose Hyla, Hylia. Who is the god of rebirth. And she basically gave me the vision of a bunch of birds. It's all about birds. Bird story. And um yeah, right. And she was all about, you know, restoring life to things. Okay? And she wants me to um free her temple. Which is a sky temple. Sky it's up and like climb these stairs I have to go to. So when I go to the stairs, well, there's some of her followers standing there, and they're like, I, I was like, hey, I'm sent. I was sent by Hylia to free your temple, and they're like, yo, well, good luck, because there's a dragon up there. And I was like, okay. Didn't realize I was going to be fighting a dragon. So, I went up to the top of this temple, and there is a giant dragon, and I'm talking giant dragon, and it comes walking up to me, and it's talking to me, and it says, you need to go away, leave me, leave me alone. I'm like, what are you doing here? I can talk back. And it says, I am here to protect my young. Apparently, she had just laid an egg and she was protecting her her youngling and I said okay that's um that's okay you're just trying to defend your family and she's like okay well what are you going to do are we going to fight and I was like I don't want to fight and she said okay you don't have to and then leave so I left and I went back to Hylia and she's like, did you kill the dragon? And I was like, no. And she was like, why? And I said, because she was only trying to protect her young. And there was a few, there was a few choices here. And I was able to convince this God that 
you are all about rebirth and about bringing new life into the world, right? Well, this dragon's trying to do the same thing. And I was I showing it mercy. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, that's fine. You have my blessing. So I didn't have to fight Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so she sends you on a mission. You don't do it. And that's somehow that's good enough. Hey, I was I was able to sweet talk this god into saying, all right, so whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And so I, I was like, all right, well, that, that was easy. Literally, that took me like 10 minutes. <laughs> I went up to the mountain and talked to the, I, I was like, I really don't want to fight this thing because it's going to be hard. And so I was like, uh, I don't want to fight you. Okay, then leave. All right, I'm leaving. And then the quest updated, and I was like, oh, I guess I can go talk to. I was like, I think I got quest failed because I didn't, I didn't kill this dragon. So I went back and I started these conversations, and I was just like, well, maybe I can, you know, talk to her and say, no, this is about life. This is all about life, right? And it worked. I'll take it. Cool. So, my God. Hylia, she told me that when we finally defeat Theos, you need to do something with the souls. And she told me, if you get my blessing, you have to do this. Release the souls back into the world so that they can be reborn or go back into the bodies that they came from. And I was like, I had the option. Okay, I'll do it. I'll think about it or no. And so I told her, okay, I'll do it. Did your God want you to do something with the souls? I think just put them back into circulation. Okay. Like send them back into the cycle or whatever they call it. Right. Okay. Um, but what what Bereth also said was I think something along the lines of you need to end Theos because like these other two he is evading the cycle. Right. You know, the soul is, you know, the body is supposed to die and the memories and then you know, the cycle is supposed to start fresh and he's not allowing that to happen because he keeps keeps his memories going and I need you to kill him. Gotcha. Which I so, should have paid some more attention to because I like that they give you their blessing and it's almost a conditional blessing. Right. I'll let you in, but you need to do this for me. I wish that something like this had happened in the very beginning of the game. Because I think it would have prevented some of the apathy to the gods. You know, I'm almost thinking of something like Dragon Age Origins again, where you have to go on a, you know, do a quest for each of these gods to understand them, and then you pick which one you align to or something. Right. Because if you had done that then and you, you know, and that mattered now, because it's weird that you go into this cave to seek the blessing of a god and it literally doesn't matter which one you pick. That seems weird to me. 
Like all this time, these people have had ups and downs, you know, that the people in the world have, and I've assembled a party of people with different faiths, and then it doesn't really matter who I pick. Anyone will give me a blessing. Seems just a little bit like there sh it should have been more impactful which decision I made. And I just kind well, of said, ah, oh, the one that goes, that matches the theme that I like the most in the game, that's the one I'm picking, regardless of what impact they've had on the world. I think, I think, well, I think it does change the ending based it on does. what you pick. Um, but, um, that's, you know, that's yeah. something that happens here. Right now, I'd say we're 90% of the way through the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So tying something at 90% to something at 100% isn't that big of a leap. If this had all tied back to something that happened 10% of the way through the game, then it would have been like, holy crap. Like, yeah. everything I did in this game led to this point. Here, like, it's a decision I'm making now that only has ramifications, like, an hour later. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And I think we've experienced a few games that were like that. Unfortunately, Mass Effect 3 kind of ends like that, too. You get that big choice at the end, and everything I did up to that point kind of doesn't matter. It, it seems to me like right, people in this world care a lot about their gods, even the people in our party. So it seems to me like me picking a god should influence you know, my team being around for, for anything that happens after that. True. Right? If, if someone hates a god and I pick that one, they should be like, all right, screw you, I'm out of here. Hey, that happens in Dragon Age. Yeah. I don't want to compare it too much to, to Dragon Age, because that's a... I mean, that, that that's only one game, it's a great game, but, you know, not every game has to be like that. But I, I just it felt... So, re regardless of any comparison to Dragon Age, it just felt weird that it didn't really matter which god yeah. I picked. Yeah. So, so it begins the final dungeon essentially. <clears throat> going, going to the uh, the aisle. I can't remember what it's called. Burial. But um, burial aisle. Burial aisle. That's it. And uh, ju jumping into the hole. Um, this is where I had to lower the difficulty. I was fighting tons of enemies here. Spirits. Do you mean the part with the shades and you get a dragon? A little yes. shadow dragon, smoke dragon? Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I. Because I was like, I am. This is the final part of this game. I was like, I, 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 I am not going to go level up for this. And also, how would you if you can't just grind enemies? Yeah, you have to go and complete quests. So add another tack on probably an extra 10 hours of this game. Yeah. <clears throat> I like this game, but I don't love it. So, yeah, we um, I lowered the difficulty to story time. And I'm fine with that. Some of the uh, one-hit kills are pretty funny. Maybe I saw them before, but I didn't notice them until it was story time. But there's some enemies in this... I think getting to the underground 
where I'll have a guy just like stab them with a sword and they just explode into giblets. Explode. Yeah. 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 Like one hit kill them and I'm like, oh, wow. That is some swing. Yeah, we were doing some pretty good damage on story time. Granted, my in, my 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 party members were still getting pretty badly damaged on story time. Yeah, in this last section they were for me as well. Yeah. Like I think I barely won the final boss fight. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, went through this and we finally jumped through the hole. And um you know, you get that, that scene of you, you choose things as you're falling because it falls forever almost. And once again, I don't know why, but my dwarf girl's Signy gets injured. She's the one that's always getting injured. Yeah. You know what happened to me? There's a section in here where you have to leap over a, a small chasm. Similar to where I ha- I got injured before, but yeah, I think it's your. It's supposed to be, I think, your character with the lowest, whatever the equivalent is to dexterity. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I luckily I had some camping equipment with me, so I camped. And this is the final dungeon, and I'm glad I lowered the difficulty because, man. You got spirit dudes. You got these giant things. You got these dragon things, like little drakes that you have to fight. Took forever to kill them, but some devastating attacks too. Yeah, because I uh, I noticed like they weren't doing a lot of damage, and then all of a sudden everybody's endurance took like an eighty percent hit in one shot. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, you know, you can get it back up as long as it's not a consistent attack. It, it's not that likely to knock them out, but it was... Had there been a lot of other enemies around at that point, it would have been a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, we make it to the the Inner Sanctum, where the, the, the final machine is, Soul Machine, or whatever they're called. I don't know what they're called. Um, a lot of times they just refer to it as the machine, right? The machine, yeah. Let's call it a machine. Um, now, one thing we have been skipping is that we've been getting visions. So we got a vision back in Twin Elm of this elven woman that we know from somewhere. Uh, a past Para, life. That one, right? Yeah. Yeah. A past life. And... We're slowly getting drip-fed this story. Um, she is some type of missionary. She keeps referring to herself as a missionary. And we were sent there to spy on her, kill her, something. We can actually choose how our relationship with her, which was kind of neat. Um, and we were captured by her people, and she spares us, saying, no, 
this man is important. And then as we progress through this area, we're getting more glimpses of this. Once we make it to this inner sanctum, we're seeing her and our relationship with her, but more importantly, our relationship with Theos. Theos has been running the leaden key for a thousand years. And we learn from her and we start to slowly remember we were once part of that group. We worked with him. And when we ran into her, she changed our mind. So once we get to the end of this area, she tells us, do you know why you left the laden key? It's because of what I told you and what I discovered and what I went and preached to the world. And that is, there is no gods. They are completely made up. No one is shaping this world with the exception of the latent key. And the leaden key knows that she knows and is trying to silence her because if the world finds out that they've just been manipulated by this group it'd be pure chaos they'll lose their power now I will give the game this they reveal this information and we can essentially choose to not believe it. And I was conflicted while playing this part because I'm role playing this as the priest that believes in this God. And this woman is now telling me there is no such thing. Yeah, and that we're being manipulated. One of the high points of the game, because you know, if you have a character like that, yeah, it certainly would impact them. But even if, you know, in, in my case, there wasn't really much of an allegiance there, there's still, you know, your party consists of people who do care greatly. Oh, and yeah. They, they certainly react to that news, which is, which was cool to see. Yeah. Edder didn't like it. He was like, I fought in a full-blown war for this god, and you're telling me it's not real? I don't believe that one bit. Aloth was one of the only ones that liked it, right? Because he was like, oh, good, I've made so many bad decisions or I followed so many gods that have turned out to be crap. I'm, I'm glad that it was just my decision and it's just not that there's a bunch of crappy gods all over the place. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that you learn from Aloth, especially if you do his like little companion uh, quest, is that he also worked for the Leaden Key. And he left them. Um, endurance does not like this at all because endurance is like I killed I killed a so called god for another god and then that god abandoned me 
He's like, so did I do all of this for nothing? And he, he was like, I don't believe this either. And he's like, I hate my God, but it it exists. So there's a lot of people conflicted in this. Dealing with heavy and, issues, life issues. Yeah. Life decisions. And the thing that I, and, and that's really cool because, you know, all the way to the end there, you, you have the choice to believe this or not. And of course, when we go to Theos and ask those questions, he just muddies the water even more. <laughs> he basically says, well, basically they say he, he stays silent, right? And then, and then he says something along the lines of even false gods are better than no gods because people need something to believe in. True. So my question now is when I interacted with Helia, was that just some kind of trick? Or is it just a powerful being and it's not really a god, if you will? Like Theos isn't a god, right? He's just, he's super powerful though. Yeah. So maybe there were other powerful beings that maybe indistinguishable from gods, but maybe weren't technically. Well, obviously these guys can be killed. Durant's killed one of them. Yep. So it depends on your definition of a god, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it could have been just the Leiden Key using their animancy powers to control people. Using their powers to to make somebody think they're seeing a god and talking to a god. Maybe that's how it works. None of it's actually told or explained. Even at the even at the very end of this game, you don't know. And I think that's a great way to handle it. <laughs> they just basically drop this bomb on you and then you're left to ponder it. Yeah. So yeah, he he he, he talks to every one of our party members, Theos does, when we confront him. I like and, that piece too. Yeah. Because it, it, it's one of those things that I think that this game needed also was to tie those, to tie the characters in. You know, they, they sh they're not nameless certainly, but, you know, I don't know how many of the side quests you did. I didn't do as many as I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and not having done that, I have somewhat distanced myself from them. So it was really good to, to feel like your party members matter. Yeah. And I think this was probably the best part in the game to do that. Absolutely. But yeah, we have our big boss fight. If I did not have this on story time, I don't know how I would have beat it. Me either. It ended up being very fast because I didn't die at it, but I didn't die at it because it was story time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did have a party member go down. In fact, it was my main character. Oh, really? Um, he didn't die. Yeah, he didn't die, but he got knocked out. Yeah. I took it as a but, little uh, bit of a a rally point. Like, I knew the... I thought the fight was almost over, and I had Alof go down. And I'm like, this is a problem, because I feel like he does... 
a lot of the damage in every single fight. He His does. level three and four spells, I feel like dwarf anyone else's. They do. By far. But I was, I started training up, um, Kana, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. I started training him up to be a summoner. So I was constantly summoning extra party members to fight alongside me. Mm. Yeah. I did that just a, just a little bit. Yeah. But that, that might've made him more useful. I, I do feel like he was sometimes, I don't want to say dead weight, but I'm not a hundred percent sure he was contributing nearly as much as anyone else. I kept him equipped with guns. He was most certainly pulling some damage in. Nice. Those gun those guns are slow, but man do they pack a punch. Um but yeah. Um he he has these two giant like stone guardian things that you have to fight. Um and then he's attacking you too. Um I thought there was going to be like a second part of this fight, but there's not. <laughs> when you when when you kill him, he 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 dies. And so you have a few options here after you beat him. Uh, the first one being, what do you do with him? He he is he is technically dead. His soul is alive, and we can choose what to do with his soul. What did you do with him, Matt? I this at this point I should have been thinking about what my god Bareth told me to do to get his blessing, but I was not. I was only thinking about what my character would do and I felt like he was a little bit of a you know, kind of a middle of the road, kind of a let's do the right thing, the best thing. So I picked the last option here, which was to scrub his memories and just put him back in the cycle. Okay. So I did not kill him. I did not... Um, I don't know what, what some of the other options were, but I... So... I basically just chose to let his soul live, but live without any of the memories of what he's been doing on all these lifetimes. Gotcha. So that was one option. The other options were to tear his soul apart, basically destroy his soul, imprison his soul in this prison area, or release him back into the into the ether. Seems so, like the <laughs> most destructive one. Right. So, um, I chose to imprison his soul here. That was my second choice. Mostly because so, I like the idea of earlier in, like, the sanitarium, I think, where you've got somebody just, like, in the statue. You could still go talk to them and ask them questions. Yeah. It would have been cool to see if they I was completely stripped of power. But still able to have a conversation with him. Yeah. So I imprisoned his soul into a pillar there. A pillar of eternity, if you will. And he was obviously not happy 
they said that you could hear faint screams coming from it. So, the next big choice that we have is this giant final machine where the majority of the souls are. Storing all these souls, right? Mm Mm-hmm. What did you choose to do with this machine and the souls? I did spend some time at this point reading and thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, The first option was just release them all. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went with, I think, again, the last option, which was basically allow the cycles to keep happening to, to release them all. But I released them back into the sick people of the world. Yes. To strengthen the souls that were there. Because some of the other options I thought were around, like, stopping the cycle, or and I didn't want to do that. I felt like the choice I made to strengthen people was essentially the same as the first one, just with a few fewer souls out there circulating in the reincarnation cycles. Um, So I, I chose to do that one because it would keep the kind of reincarnation cycle happening, and it would help make up for all of the pain and you know the hollowborn and all, all of that all the misery that's been brought so i wanted to take those few people who still existed and and rebuild them yep that's exactly what i did i released the souls back to the world so if a hollowborn child was there their soul would go back into their body which was exactly what my god that i chose wanted me to do so I stuck with what the God wanted me to do. And after you make that choice, that's the, you get the, the final ending cards, I think would be the best way to describe it. That was a bit of a doozy. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about our ending cards. What'd you, what'd you get? I had a fake out. So because I put those souls back into the world, the first couple of cards talked about how everybody was doing better and, you know, people were happier. There's no more hollowborn. Um, you know, crops started to grow better. Everything's looking a bit better. Yep. Uh, and then it went downhill because yeah. Barith said, you didn't do what I told you to do. You did not kill Theos. So, in the original vision I had with him, it was a hail knight that was, like, guiding me down this road, showing me the two people that he wanted me to kill. Well, what started happening throughout the land was that people who were out traveling just showed up dead. And this was, like, the retribution of the god. And so, old people started dying, and, you know, lots of people started dying, and there's just dead bodies everywhere littering the roads. Um, and that was kind of how it ended just very high death rates due to due to Barith being upset basically so what happened to your party members Aloth kind of went off on his own quest it seemed like it wasn't necessarily positive or negative mm-hmm. it just said he was going to continue by himself um, Durance 
you know, ha- was pretty conflicted by what he heard from Theos. Uh-huh. So he spent some time trying to commune with his god and never got an answer. And he could not handle that, so he built a fire and threw himself on it. Yep, that's what happened with me. And I think most other people, you know, again, they're kind of shades that weren't overly good or bad. I think the dwarf girl, I never did her quest, so she never found the person she was looking for. She went back to her village and didn't really fit in anymore. And then over time, she got to know some of the people she had left. And basically, she reintegrated into her society even yep. though she was apart from it, she finally was accepted by them. Yep, same with me. Um, Edder, what did Edder do? I think he just went back to a farm. He went back yeah. to his family farm and just yep. gave up all of it and he went back to his rural life. Yep, that's exactly what happened with me. Then Kana who was constantly looking for answers with these, these texts of his people, he kind of gave up on it and became, there were no answers. uh, Yeah. They said there, there is no answers. There's no, I think he was convinced there are no gods and, uh, became a scholar, a teacher. And then you had another party member too. What happened with them? Well, Palagina, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened to her. Huh. I don't remember what they said for her. Well, I never had her, so. But yeah, she was kicked I... out of her out of her plan or circle that she was in. But that's all I remember. So, so I got a lot. <laughs> I got a lot of the same ending. So I did the hollowborn thing where some of the souls went into the hollowborn children. People were happy. Of course, there were some parents who ended the lives of their hollowborn children and they were sad because, well, you know, you killed your kid. So there was no body to go back to, but those souls went back into the cycle basically. Yeah. Um, there was a quest that I did. That I don't think you did. So if you remember when we were the first town we went to with the hanging tree, mm-hmm. if you remember, they talked about the, uh, the, the Duke that ran this area who had a hollowborn child. Yeah. I went to that place and tried to convince him to stop being a douchebag. And he said, no, so I ended up killing him. In the well, quest or in, in this final card? In the quest. Oh, wow. <laughs> so everybody in the town was kind of happy that he his tyrannical reign was over with. There's a caveat to that. Because when I released all the souls back to their bodies, he went back and became like a a dark evil ruler who then took back over that area 
and now rules it with an iron fist and everybody hates it. Um, there was riots in the, the main city. What was it called? I can't remember. Uh, I was going to say Cadence City, but it's Defiance Bay. Defiance Bay. There were still riots going on there for about five years. Oh, yeah. Um, it yeah, became, that happened in mine. Very yeah. few of the Animancers survived. Yeah, because of what we chose. But luckily, we sided with the uh, the Knights, and the Knights finally took it back over and restored order. Yeah, that was one um, thing. I don't know if it was at all based on my decision, but when we had to go to that council meeting, I had used the Crucible Knights as my way in. Yeah, that's and what I said, did too. They basically like gained a lot of power because of the because of their role in in squashing animancy. Yeah. So, yeah, that happened. Um, I think. It was pretty dire straits for about 10 years, according to this ending. But everything eventually worked out after order was reset. Did you get the update on the district with the machine in it? Yes. Somebody reactivated the machine. And the same thing happened. (laughs) Yeah, the lead and key reactivated the machine. Because the lead and key still exists. There's still followers of it and stuff like that. They reactivated this was one of the big it. decisions right at the end, right? What do you want to do about the leaden key because it has no leader? I thought it gave you the option to do you want to be the leader? I think or it did, yeah. Do you want to be do you want to leave it leaderless? Or... I I didn't I didn't choose to be a leader. I said, yeah, leave it leaderless. I figured at that point they won't be strong enough to, to regroup without Theos's influence. Apparently that was a lie. Yeah. So, yeah, they uh, reactivated that machine, and that district turned into zombie land again, and was basically just closed off for good. Um, but yeah, like I said, for about ten years it was pretty rough, but order came, and everybody seemed to be okay. I remember the ending saying that people continue to worship the gods that they had chosen. And then my character still had things to do. And that was it. Yeah, not too dissimilar in the end. Yeah. I did not anger a god. So there was no massacre. <laughs> yeah, there certainly was for me. Yeah. Which is, I guess, probably why I had a bit more of a negative outlook. I'm like, yeah, people survived, but it wasn't it wasn't good. Right? Yeah. Part of that city is still closed. I guess the knights, the knights were still there. So I think Defiance Bay regained, I think, some some, some authority generally in people's lives, but you know, with all these people dying due to Barreth's rule, uh, I would have said it was a, overall not a very positive ending. Yeah, there, there was it was mine was kind of like a middle of the road ending. There was a lot of bad that happened there, but there was some good. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, 
those are our endings. So, how do you feel about it, Matt? I'm a little about torn, the same. I think, as, as we've kind of mentioned throughout. Because this game hit some really good highs. Sure. It just, I, I felt, you know, as we said last week, I just, I still, just kind of throughout this felt like I was at a little bit of arm's length from the immediacy and the caring like I wanted to be. I wanted to be in it more. Yeah. And cool things happened, but I felt like I was just watching them unfold from, from a vast distance. Right, because you don't get the cutscenes, because you don't get the big character artwork, you don't get the emotion crossing people's faces. Um, you know, I, I really like the lore. I, I would love to read a book set in this universe. Yeah. Um, and I really like the, I mean, the ending. I it came fast. I, I feel like this whole third act, I expected to just be a lot longer, but what was there, I thought was was pretty good in. Raising the questions for me, the three acts were so distinct. Um, you know, had they had they tied a little bit of the lore into the story earlier, such that I was able to interact with some of the gods earlier, or make decisions, or or see the influence of the gods more than I think I would have liked to just a little bit more, but. You know, maybe if I were to replay this, I'd say, oh, yeah, it was all there. I just didn't know. I wasn't in it enough at that point to to know. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of that stuff is brought up in Act 1. I just, I I didn't have a lot of context for it at the time. And I think, uh, you know, again, maybe cutscenes would have done that. Or maybe just, maybe just a little bit of a structure where you make some choices related to the gods rather than just seeing what's happening in the world. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. I think it all comes down to presentation. I think the presentation was was a little bit more cinematic. I might have had a little bit more. I guess I would have been into it a little bit more. That yeah. would be the best way to describe it. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. But a not too distant second for me is. Combat mechanics I thought were fine, but I think I said this last time, I wish they forced you to use strategies or other spells or, or other techniques throughout it, because I, I feel like really there was only, you know, I, 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 I went through and I got some value out of setting my my lineup, my formation. I thought that was pretty useful. Sure. Because I, I spent some time tinkering that, so I liked the fact that I could get that to the to where I wanted it and have people protected. And I was like, I feel like I've protected that person. I like that. That's a thing I've done. But when it came to the spells, I found myself just using the same three or four spells almost every fight because I'm like, these are the ones that I know what they do and I can see the impact of them. Um, That's so a the little, big thing. It's a little bit of not really knowing what's happening. I mean, I can see on the tiny, tiny little character portraits at the bottom, I can see that there are even tinier images next to it to show you what kind of buffs and debuffs they've got on them. But nine out of ten of those, I I don't know that I could tell if it was on or not, other than whether that square was present. Like, I didn't feel like they mattered. 
in the same way that I don't feel like the equipment mattered that much because I didn't get that much equipment. And even when I would get equipment, I was like, I can't tell if it's any better. So yeah. I feel like a lot of the empowerment that I sh- I felt like I should be getting from the decision making, I couldn't make because I'm like, I don't even know if it matters what decision I make here because I don't know if what the spell does or I don't know if the sword is better than the other sword. So I, I feel like on the formation side, I, I got what I wanted, but I, I feel like on the if you're going to have that much equipment, I, might, I picked up hundreds of pieces of equipment in this game and they might as well have just been a coin each for all the value I got out of them because all I did was sell them. And I didn't think there were that many that, that almost none that changed the play style. You know, there I didn't get any that really synced up. There was just a couple of points where there were some spells that said that they would make an enemy, let's say, more susceptible to fire damage. And I'm like, oh, now I can use this because I'll I'll pair this person doing that spell with either a, a sword that does fire damage or Aloth spells, like he's got flame spells that then could do more damage. So there was just a hint of kind of synergizing spells or weapons and spells. But throughout the entire game, I did that maybe once or twice. Not, it, it, it was never really a part of the game for me. It was just something that maybe existed that maybe I could have gotten into, but didn't. And, you know, there, there's just, those are, those are for me kind of critical systems, the entire equipment system and the entire magic system that I, I never really got into because it wasn't evident to me that my decisions mattered. Right. That's that's the thing that being able to see that a certain ability is making a difference. You know, I can see when I cast this protection spell that this, you know, there's a light that shines over my characters, but it doesn't really show the impact of it, you know. And I think it's just because of the way the game is is structured. You, you know, my character's still standing there. He's still showing the exact same animations. It, there's a disconnect there. So I didn't. There was there was spells I never even used that I learned. Didn't and, even bother and, to you look know, at I, them. I I spent a lot of time trying to stack like defense bonuses and healing bonuses when I would go into a. A, a fight but i wouldn't really know like if this character like what's the best one to do first or second like i don't know because i don't know which one of these is is better or yeah. you know i i i didn't really know i mean I, I guess that they had individual durations a lot of them so what i was trying to do in a lot of fights was like durance for example the first three things i would have him do would be cast areas of healing but I wasn't totally sure if that second one was going to negate the first one or stack with the first one or or what exactly it was going to do yeah I don't think the explanations in this game were that great it's too bad because I'll bet a lot of it was there but the fact that I never learned it and the fact that I never really needed to use it not because the it game was... wasn't difficult enough. It certainly was in certain parts, but I don't feel like they ever kind of said, hey, you know, 
these types of strategies will work in this situation and these other types will work in other situations. So they never led me to use different combinations or strategies. And so, like I said, that stuff was probably there in the game, but I just didn't connect with it. I didn't have fun picking out which spells I was going to use because I, I just like I couldn't tell if it mattered. Yeah. Yeah, the same way with me. I don't know. I feel like overall I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the story and the characters and the lore. Um, The combat was second pretty much the entire time for me. And I feel like it was if it was a little bit more cinematic, I would have probably connected better with it. But it wasn't like I dis- disliked it or anything like that. You know, every time I sat down to play it, I was like, all right, let's, let's see what happens next, you know. And I think I feel like it was paced pretty well. It, it ended up being a shorter game than I expected it to be overall. Yeah. Whenever yeah, I see an definitely. RPG like this, I assume 50 to 60 hours. And I, I don't know what my end time was on this, but I, I can't imagine it was much more than... Oh, 20, 25, the most? I would say, I would say 20. Yeah. 20 at the most, maybe. That's yeah. not right. Well, there you go. Pillars of Eternity. A good not foundation, a though. I'd love to see... I'm, I'm really curious now to see what's different in the second one. Yeah. Because if if they know. just say more of the same, I don't know that I'd be too interested in playing it. But if they said, "Hey, re-enter this, you know, this really interesting world, and we've done X, Y, and Z to make it more engaging," like that—that's the kind of stuff that if if that's what people say about it, I, I'd be intrigued. Well, don't forget there was also DLC for this game. I think it's called the White March, but I did not have it, so I did not. Uh... Didn't bother with it. Apparently you can get like two more companions. I don't even think I got two or three of the companions that we could have gotten in the game. And I never found another one after Sickney. Never ran into any of them. Granted, I didn't do many side quests in this game. Yeah, I got Palagina, but I, I think there's one after that. Like Palvase or something. So someone that you could pick up, I think, on the way to Elm's Reach. Which is weird because again the, the third act is so short. Why would you why would you care about a character that you got so late in the story that unless it's got a big new game plus, but I, I sat through all those credits and it doesn't I didn't get any big new game plus or any any indication that you can or could go in and, and wrap up all those side quests. I don't think you can. I think there's just like a point of no return where you can keep a save and go back if you wanted to. Maybe this was meant to be a 50-hour game. (laughs) It it probably was, but I didn't play it that way. But that's, um, yeah, that's it. That's, That's Pillars of Eternity. Um, our next game, uh, Matt will be out doing his, uh, 
his November writing assignment. But uh, I'm inviting Anthony back on. And I guess we're sticking with a spooky time. Because we're going to be playing a game called Phobia. St. Dinfna Hotel. I don't know how to pronounce that word. But it's uh, it's mainly just known as Phobia. Um, I picked this game up on the cheap. Uh, probably about a year, well, a year ago. It was earlier this year, I think. Um, Anthony's played it before. And when I mentioned it, he's like, yeah, we got to do this then. So, there you go. Kind of a Resident Evil-ish, Silent Hill kind of game, I guess. First-person shooter with puzzles and stuff like that. So, excited to jump into it. Um, if you'd like to send an email, it is drew at ztgd.com. You can also follow us on X, Twitter, Twix, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But that is it for Pillars of Eternity. I appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much. Send in some emails. Let us know what you thought of Pillars of Eternity or what you think of Phobia or any other thing. Whatever's on your mind, just let us know. But that's going to be it for us. Until next time. I'm Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. We will catch you guys next week with the beginning of Phobia.